0: People who pay lower prices, like ask for discount, etc. They usually not the our best customers in a way that they don't value it that much
1: or they don't even need that kind of product. Welcome to the Never Employed Chat. My name is Sam, and I interview people who make a living beyond salary jobs: entrepreneurs, business owners, and investors, so that we can learn from their stories together. There are many great ways to make a living, and even more ways to wealth. Had never employed. We encourage you to think of alternatives to employment jobs. What would you do if a salary job was simply no option? You've been working on your business or businesses for uh, several decades, I think. Yeah, you can say that.
0: I all uh, these customers are from 2005. We still have like a few people who joined, like started, like buying our product, like yeah, like 2004, 2005, three. And they still kind of like few buying something occasionally. Maybe they're not as active as, but most of our clients are like between five and ten years, like old. So' yeah, sure. active Be more like the core. yeah, I, I think the core of our client base is like between five and ten years. and this is like when people you know can, uh, bring the most value back to us, like referring other people, be knowledgeable, helping other people and, uh, as well for them. So they, uh, our products are kind of like complicated. So kind of like in a year or two, you just like starting to get there. And, uh, after five years, you, like, you're next, expert. yeah. So, but it depends on yeah depends on nature of the product i guess some yeah. product yeah
1: yeah okay so how long have you have you been in business so far so i started doing this in uh, 1998
0: so you can say it's almost 25 years uh first it was uh, at, uh i uh, developed the three program e-software that would convert database to HTML and I've been trying to sell it for quite a long time and I retired it after maybe 10 years or so. It's never been like a huge success, but he taught me a bunch of things and uh, it helped me to launch my second product, then the third one. Uh, things were like a little different back then. and. Feels like everything was moving much slower. Now I you can do like a lot in one year that
1: would take like probably five years back back in the day. And do do you see this as an advantage or it isn't a, like is a fast-paced world a, a rather an advantage or a disadvantage from your point of view? Uh, it's advantage for those who can use. You... I would say
0: that so if people understand how it works if I don't know like for example like on Twitter not like really business business like on a Twitter if you uh, post something that goes viral right in one day like thousands of people will know about that uh in know all the days I don't know you post something in news group and it will take maybe like a year like, everyone learn about something like this. Remember the thing. Uh, okay, chat GPT. It's a great example, right? Five days, one million users, right? Five days. Or when uh, that sheep got stuck in the channel. Uh, so it's channel, right? Uh, it evergreen or something. I think like in 24 hours, everyone killed about it. Like everyone who is active on the internet heard something about it. So it's uh, really really hard to imagine something like this happening 20 years ago. Right. So yeah, but the point is, you need to understand how to use it to your advantage.
1: Yeah. So then your strategies back then were probably also quite different, right? So you, you also said that you've been basically working on the product and trying to sell it for like 10 years or so before you, you got some success.
0: No, well, no, it was selling. So, but we just, uh, uh, did that first product, uh, mostly because of, uh, that was the first experience for me and I was in Russia at first. I didn't know English that much. And I didn't know marketing at all. And the number of resources available on the internet was also like scarce. So it just, uh, I never raised it to the point where I can leave my day job. If I stayed in Russia, maybe, but I moved to United States in 1999 and I had to sell much more to be able to, you know, like, uh, leave my day job. So. Yeah, but uh, back in the day, okay, mind that. What's before Google? So, SEO was kind of like non existent, sort of. And uh, there were like a bunch of websites, uh, download archives. I don't know, like if you remember that there were two cows or download.com and a bunch of others. So, I. Uh, you upload your software there and uh you hope that people will download and uh depending on how many people download it it will rank higher and more people will download it and that was pretty much it that was like the main source you know of uh, like marketing kind of way and yeah i mean if your software is good people will tell other people there were some websites like forums and everything but yeah it was different there uh, uh, was like a few uh, sources of
1: with how people can find your product. and maybe can can you give a um overview over your journey from back then your products you've been working on until now how it developed and uh, how new products came
0: so oh, i'm up here United States in 1999 and uh, I worked for Ericsson a little bit in uh, Lynchburg Virginia it was uh, it was a beautiful place but a little strange for a software engineer because there was like basically just one place where you can work gets that factory and uh, after maybe like six or eight months uh, they cancelled the project and I moved to Washington DC area and yeah Uh, so we worked me and a bunch of my friends we worked for a company named e-commerce industries and we developed websites for selling office supplies and uh, our shop was like number three after stables, and i don't remember quail like office depot or something i mean it was good it was like 2000 before 2000, before 2001 before the crisis and uh i noticed that we develop mostly in ASP, classic ASP language. And notice that often, very often, I have to do like the same thing all over and over again. Like we develop a new database table and the manager comes to me and says, I, uh, I need to be able to edit this table. I need to like some numbers. I need to do something with it. I need to search, whatever. And I noticed that we're doing like the same thing all over and over again. New table, you need to write all the code from the scratch over and all so I came up with idea. It's not wasn't a new idea. I've seen some software doing similar things, but I just wanted to do something on my own. I came up with the idea that uh, software connects to a database, extracts data about tables, fields, and builds some sort of a website for it, where so managers instead of going directly to the database, they can break things they have uh, like nice interface to manage data in the database and then i decided okay it's probably something that i uh can sell as well and i i started like making a commercial product based on that and at some point they just started working you know like you know like in a few months i've been selling more software when i sold like in three to five years with my uh first program yeah. that was it so as soon as i was able to earn enough to leave my day job i left it and, uh, i've been developing everything interesting that first of all it was the classic asp then it was asp.net and then php and now php php Rana, our software is the like the main breadwinner. like with probably 80 percent of sales coming from php Rana. but again back in 2000 it was like you know like only geeks and system administrators used php and was like like there was a feeling that there is no money in selling php software and i was wrong i was wrong so many times it was like one of the time I was wrong. So, well, I mean, it worked okay, And they're doing same ever since, so we're still selling the desktop software. Yeah. I'm trying to move to SaaS kind of thing, but it's not easy, and desktop software still makes a lot of sense for our customers. Many of them will not be allowed to use SaaS. Uh, they need to keep their data on their side and their server, that, so I mean, it still makes sense. It just, you know, like, it's very difficult, you know, to pitch an idea to someone. Okay, we developed the desktop software, like, and, uh, would you tell your friends about it? And like, what's, what's the desktop software? Like, I, I don't have, like, a desktop at all. I have iPad, I have a phone, I have something, right? It just, like, okay, it's different. It's different now. Nobody will develop desktop software now. But maybe
1: it's way into our advantage. When I was on your uh, websites and uh, like tried to find a little bit about your your products and find out how how they work, what they actually are, I thought they were um, like similar to those website builders which you have nowadays, uh, like I don't know certain website builders for WordPress or Webflow or things like that. And right. um, how how is that compared to to these products?
0: Well, to the best of my understanding, uh these builders are for mostly for like something that is static. So it's basically HTML, plus some CSS, JavaScript, some nice things, maybe a uh, gallery with images, etc. But uh when it comes to uh working with databases or with uh, data that you receive from other sources, REST APIs, etc., you need something different. So, there are some no go tools that do something similar, like Bubble. I don't know. I, use. I don't really study our competitors that much because there are too many of them. With this, I just like keep hearing the same name, okay, Bubble. And uh, they do that. But uh, I believe that uh, if you need something that is a little bit more sophisticated, more than just a prototype, but you need to build like a real application. This is what our plans. You need something that also allows you to add your own code, and this is where our software kind of like shines. So, if you think about it, there are like probably like three stages, three steps stages. So, first level is something that like website builder like using WordPress or like Webflow just to build a website, nothing really sophisticated. Then there are no code tools, then a local tool. And then obviously, so just software developers that can build you anything you want, just, uh, going to be more expensive and going to take more time. Yep. So we are on a page three out of four yep. evolution of what you can do and still call it the website. It's, yeah. So a website is something that can mean so many different things. It can be a website, like just a, uh, you know, like business card and it can be a website like Twitter, retail, Facebook, eBay, but something that is extremely complicated. They still a website.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you, uh, earlier you, you mentioned that, um, like the sales back then compared to today or the, the ch- and sales and marketing channels are different. So, um, uh, apart from um, these uh, download websites you mentioned, uh, did you have other sales channels when you started? Not really. I mean, word of mouth, obviously, and
0: sometimes some someone would talk about the software in forum, but I'm really sure that uh, download sites or the first maybe five years we were like kind of the only soul then at some point uh, Google started uh, kind of playing the more and more important role 2002-2003 about the same time uh, there were paid ads introduced there were uh, Overture, I believe, of the company. Then they either rebranded or bought by someone named to. And then uh, Google introduced their AdWords. And I've been using AdWords ever since till I stopped doing this last year. Yeah, I cannot believe it. I, I used it for like 15 years and oh, mo- mo- almost like 20 years. And
1: uh, last year, I just closed my AdWords account. It's no longer working. So just because nowadays you you just get more and more customers in, uh, from word of mouth. What's the reason?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last, uh, just out of you know, like out of interest, like last year I uh, calculated like, how much money is coming from existing customers and how much is coming from new customers. So existing customers like just paying for renewal, which is like twenty twenty five percent of the new software price. But uh, about 80% of our money every year is coming from existing customers and only 20% from new customers. So technically speaking, if we want to, we can stop doing all marketing like altogether and that won't make much difference. And by adding new services that can benefit our existing customers, we can like even grow. You know and just grow like because of like word of mouth and it really works it works in many unexpected ways like sometimes you find the connection between your customers that is like weird and there was a, there was a person who contacted us right before they bought the software and said that they care for like a bunch of friends like four or five friends that have uh, like a Skype channel where like ask all kinds of technical questions to each other. And uh, three other people were already our customers. So at some point, yeah, they can go to the people. So I, di- I, di- I didn't need to know things. I, I didn't even know, like, I-, I recognized those names. But I didn't even know they knew each other, etc. So it was oh, like, yeah, interesting. Would
1: we'll, we'll
0: It, it,
1: it was. Yeah, uh, I think in in another uh, conversation, you you also mentioned that your customers are mostly um like what you, today you would call high ticket customers, like um and your your products are, are in general more more sophisticated as you described earlier. Maybe you you can just um tell a little bit um about how. Your products are structured and and also the the pricing and how from which sources you you earn the most most revenue or how how this uh, comes together
0: uh, yeah uh, we have two editions of our product uh, professional and enterprise and enterprise it's some features that are mostly useful for a larger customer not necessarily enterprises but larger customers active directory support or uh, data encryption and things like that and uh, we just uh, find out that uh, you either need to sell cheap product and provide no support at all or you need to sell something that is expensive so this Level of support we provide, so it's worth it. And since our product is highly technical and pretty close to, you know, programming itself, uh, it makes more sense to sell something that is more expensive. And uh, People who pay lower prices, like ask for discount, etc. they usually not our best customers in a way that they don't value it that much or they don't even need that kind of product. It's just like, uh, yeah, like, uh, using your electronic microscope as a hammer, you can do that, but it doesn't make sense. And if you, even if you buy the, the great discount it sort of makes sense but when it comes to in Europe, or oh my god i need to pay this much again and it just doesn't make any sense so people who are doing this for fun pubbies or like even non-profit organization that need to build something just once and forget about it just not our best customers you you cannot do both you can either do something like simple but that doesn't require much support, or you need to give something that you can allow your customers build sophisticated applications and you can handle like lots of hand holding on everything. And it worked this way. way. So we just like find out like having a fewer, uh, like a smaller number of high paying customers, you know, work But again, we don't have our. Uh, biggest customer uh, probably uh, about four percent of our total income. Like, we have one customer, Fortune 100 company, it, it's just one guy actually. One guy in that company makes like four percent of our revenue it's just because he likes software that much and he has like good connection with his manager, with people who pay money. So, he buys, uh, buys lots of it and extended support, and he doesn't even like completely it, but still in use every year. And he's just a huge fan of our software. He knows that like any problem he has, like we looked out there, no matter what. Yeah. But we don't want to have like a, one large customer pool, like right, bringing in, like 25, 30% of revenue, because you, if, if you lose this customer, you are in trouble. Yeah. Luckily, most of our customers are like under 1% of our total revenue. Which is fine. We can afford to lose one if something happens. If no one will need the software or, I don't know, find something that is better or, I don't know, retire something. Yeah. If you're
1: in business for that long, people will get them if retire, move, sometimes even die. Yeah. The, this actually sounds like a very healthy customer basis or, a, yeah, very healthy stream of revenue, actually. And uh, what, what do you, uh, described before also sounds like um yeah a lot of your work is focused on this support part so you're doing a lot of active work and not even aiming to automate your whole business or just uh yeah like sell um software automated uh, like lots of people try doing it with their saas software nowadays
0: we tried to do that uh, we tried and uh I found out like if you want to grow uh we have to you know be involved in like more active kind of support yeah when i was starting like it was like everyone's idea there was like an expression uh like a beach with an idea. so you develop the software you put it out there people use it your website does all the sales marketing and everything and maybe you get like a couple of Support request a week, and you're fine. You can keep developing your stuff. This is what like this is what developers want and like, right? And you can use in uh, like in Thailand, Thailand or I don't know, like Vietnam and be just fine. And I was trying to do that, and I found out that more complicated our software gets, uh, it's like less likely to work this way. So. Mm-hmm. It just helps that like, it have like a few people who are well, uh, be able to handle customer requests. Uh, I usually do lots of customer support myself. Maybe I don't like it that much, like the level of involvement. I mean, I like helping people. It just like takes a lot of my time, but it's just not easy to like to replace myself. I would need three people at least. Uh, like, so it's going to be difficult, but I'm trying to sort through initial requests. And I, uh, when I understand that it's like too complex for me, I uh, ask one of our developers to take a look and travel and thing. But, uh, yeah, if you want to grow, in you know, setting the software like ours, you need to be involved with more active customer support actually this year we will start like a new program where i will be holding live, live webinars and showing people how to do stuff like showing some common techniques related to programming web development to our software this is something like even like five years ago i would never think about it because it just oh, it sounds like too much work, but it's only like maybe like one hour a week of the actual, you know, like work, Then you can do that, you can do your prep in your spare time. So it's not that much, actually. And turns out lots of people express an interest and subscribe to this program. We haven't started yet, and we're gonna start it sometime in March. But it's something that I never thought of, like even a few years ago. It's kind of like People expect this, these days, people expect something that is more interactive. It's very different from 20 to five years ago.
1: Do, do you also have any other plans for further development? Like, I mean, you, you said that you, um, at some time, uh, implemented PHP after you started with uh, ASP.NET. Are you thinking about, uh, yeah, like doing similar things for JavaScript or, uh, Things like that doesn't even make sense. Uh probably not at this point. Uh
0: I even think like like we have uh, we still support uh, classic ASP, which is like extremely old technology. So Microsoft abandoned it basically in uh, 1999. They released the last update in 1999. ASP.NET still developed and That's pretty good. So we concentrate on PHP and ASP.NET. But at the new languages like some people would ask like, can you do same for Java or yeah for JavaScript for Node, GS, for Python, for whatever. Ruby, yeah. And it doesn't make much sense. You no, know, like people who code in Python are actually like developers developers, like hardcore developers. They are unlikely to use our software. So we, we will not increase our user base that much if we do that and for most of people the language itself is not like the main issue because you can do a lot without writing any code at all and it mostly like if your company is a microsoft shop, then most likely you need asp that way not because you're going to write some code but because it's like, if you run on your server without like any additional configuration, that, that's all. And, uh, so probably, probably no new
1: languages are coming. And then with your further plans, uh, like for example, with the seminars or other plans, is there, um, any challenges you're facing? Anything where people may eventually help you? Uh. Okay. That this webinar seminar means it's it's
0: just new for me, for us the company and I. Uh, I mean it will take a little bit of time to you know to figure this out. I mean this is my first YouTube interview, right? so I bought a new camera, I bought a new microphone. I hope it works well. I don't know. So it's just a new area kind of, I want to explore it, I want to see what works, what and what doesn't, Um. so I'm pretty sure that we will be changing. I uh, have no idea if I'm, how I'm going to edit it, it at all, or just record it and put it out. Like how much editing do you do,
1: or but... Yeah, it differs actually, depending on, on the interview and how fluent it works. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think in, in your case, it would also depend on um, th- do you even do live uh, seminars, for example, would also be possible, right? And I think that that's you something you're thinking about live. We're thinking live yeah. and like
0: 45 minutes, me showing people how to do something and maybe last, last 15, 20 minutes, like answering questions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if it can be done interactive, uh, I think we should play. Like, Utilize this possibility as compared to just, you know, like posting some Like, we have a YouTube channel, and we got lucky a few years ago. Like, one of our customers just started posting videos to YouTube. I found it, and uh, like, we're working on this together now, but he's doing all the like recording, editing. I'm just talking with the content. Like, I suggest like what we can talk about, like. Maybe, uh, like, and what some of our articles, do video format, etc. But he does it and he loves it. And I think he's, like, he's a graduate. Right? He's from, uh, South Africa. And he's a little older. He speaks low enough for most people to understand him. So it's perfect. It's just, I, I love it. So I get my like, like, I mean, I would have to start doing something on my own. Sooner, but I was able to avoid it doing any videos till I mean till now. So yeah, it's going to be challenging for me. But yeah,
1: okay. yeah, it's it should yeah. be fun. It should be fun. Yeah, I mean ch- challenges are an opportunity for growth, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's
0: a perfect opportunity. So for me, this year is uh, getting involved with uh, video content is the greatest challenge,
1: the biggest opportunity as well. So if there's someone who thinks that they uh, could eventually help you, where where can they find you and get in touch with you?
0: Well, they can find me uh, on Twitter, for instance, phprunner. It's, uh, it's a weird name these days, most people wouldn't know what PHP is, but... Okay, I mean, I've been there since the past time. I don't want to change it just because Maybe one day, or oh, our website is also xlinesoft Uh, I, I I don't even I hate to spell it because most people would get it wrong. But again, I registered with the domain name in nineteen ninety nine. So most of the software companies would have uh, soft in their name back in the day. Some company rebranded me, just given it as these papers. uh I kind of like it. Uh, probably
1: the best way to reach me on Twitter, reach, uh, reach yeah. yeah, perfect. Hey, then thank you for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. Thank you for taking part in this Never Employed chat. Subscribe to my YouTube channel for more interviews with business owners and investors. Or simply listen to the audio version in your favorite podcast directory. Make sure to follow me on all your preferred social media platforms, so that you never miss life-changing business tips. You find me on every platform with the account name samhartman.com. Start a business, become successful, and tell me about it. See you next time.